Well, I got my coffee here, just drinking. I, I'm having one too, for the record. I have but, coffee in the morning. Yeah, but I have coffee so once in the morning and once in the evening, generally. I have once in the morning and once in the afternoon. I feel like that's the evening. There's always a chance I'll be up all night. One of my like... superpowers is the ability to sleep on cue. I don't really worry about caffeine. It's a useful power. My Andrea is like that. She falls asleep in like five seconds. It, when taking care of my kid, which is much more tiring than actually working at my job, I need a coffee in the afternoon, like like Mike specified, to get me the right the rest of the way to the to the end zone, which is that sweet sweet seven o'clock bedtime for her, not me. Although. <laughs> I could fall asleep then because, as we've already ascertained, I can fall asleep on cue. Well, this week's uh, pre-show conversation brought to you by 30-something magazine. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hello. Welcome to the Good, Bad, or Bullshit Podcast. Unrehearsed opinion, unlimited topics, debate you can trust. My name is Bo Schwartz, and joining me today on this glorious of Thursdays is my good, good friend, one of the best, Michael Hodgins. Michael, how are you doing today? Good, good. I, I just realized before the show that, you know, I'd do anything for this podcast, but I won't do that. Okay. We'll just leave, we'll just leave it there. And also joining us is Crofton Steers. Hey, Bo. Hello, Michael. Anyway. I'm already so... regretting deferring my intro, <laughs> which I was supposed to do this week, but I was tired, as you can tell by my gravelly masculine voice, and Bo did the heavy lifting instead. Uh, you know, that doesn't sound like a song lyric like we agreed upon prior to the show. Yeah, Enter like, guys, life. I mean, for this podcast, I would literally run into hell and back, but... <laughs> But I won't do th- I won't do that though. But I, you know, I would run into some sweet November rain. Yeah. Oh boy! To update uh, our listeners, we were reminiscing about the early nineties. <laughs> it's a good time. Meatloaf and uh, Guns and Roses, in particular. Yeah. Did you guys hear recently that the Offspring sold their entire music calendar uh, uh, collection or like the rights to their songs for something like I forget it was like a hundred. Was it $10 million or $100 million? I forget. <laughs> Good, actually. Yeah, well, they had a lot of catchy songs, and and I think this is something like, you know, you get these rock stars or bands that are, like, playing into super old age or whatever, but if you're, like, a hot, if you're hot for a certain period and you're able to just at one point be like, you know what? Let's sell all our songs and make a wad, massive wad of cash and just retire. I mean, that seems like a pretty sweet, sweet deal. Like, Michael Jackson bought the Beatles songs at one point, I think. Well, yeah, and that earned him a lot of money. But I yeah. guess it depends how much you like the ego boost of going, you know, and selling at a stadium or whatever and having everyone drool over you. If that really turns your crank, you know, you, you'd never want to give that up. Well, maybe you could still get a deal for, um, you know... You can still get a deal on like selling your catalog, but still being able to perform it, right? Ah, yeah. Maybe. Except someone else, in theory, would get the revenues, wouldn't they? Anywho, I do like... anything for money, but I won't do that. <laughs> I won't do that. Oh no, no, I won't do. 
anything. Anyways, okay, let's not let's not get too meatloaf in. All right. Well, um, we're here to debate a topic like we do every week on this show. We pick a topic at random and we discuss it. And I think this week it's probably going to be no different unless uh, there are any objections or announcements of note. No, I'm prior. just going to say I hope it's like an interesting topic. Well, you know, I, I don't <laughs> I know how we control that given that it's a random topic. There generally. is in a way, but there's been a few fluff ones lately. And I'm like, I want someone to sink my teeth into. Yeah, I think Crofton does too. Crofton was saying before the show that he, um, you know, felt really good about doing the show today and, and wanted to really yeah, get energized the topic. And mentally that alert. sounds like not something I would say. I want a fluff topic. Fluff me, Bo. Uh. Fluff me right now. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I just had this image of you actually saying that in like the appropriate setting in it. You know, it's disturbing. <laughs> I don't think your version of appropriate setting is the same as mine. <laughs> well, <coughs> appropriate in the context. Uh. Well, often looks like things are going your way. Yes. The topic today is cottages. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Man, there's oh. some serious uh, ado about cottages though there is no <laughs> no <laughs> okay, I, but... I i was hoping my brain would figure something out by the time you asked the question there <laughs> let's let's just go like so let's go with this i we get into these sort of def defining what a cottage is and blah 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 i think it's pretty clear what what a cottage is like i don't want to really get second house right yeah pretty much somewhere <laughs> in the country or on a lake or something somewhere touristy so you, you can't have a cottage in the city basically no. So, which, uh, like, I know the answer to this, so I'm just asking it for shits and giggles, but do have any of the three of you had a cottage or have a cottage in the family? Maybe you have a cottage now, maybe you had one growing up, whatever. I'll start. I have never had a cottage. Uh, though, just to add the caveat, the house you grew up in is pretty much a cottage, except it's a... It's, it's in a place where other people would have a cottage, except it's a house. Right, right, sure, It's whatever. still different, I understand. It's not like a place you'd go to for two weeks in the summertime, but um, I can see how where you grew up kind of filled the niche that might not otherwise be filled by a cottage. And but that, may, question, that may come up later in, yeah, in I'm terms sure, of I'm discussing sure. the worth of a cottage, but yes, go ahead. It's true. Uh, yeah, so I uh, grew up with a cottage. There was uh, My grandparents had a cottage since the, I think, 50s. And my dad grew up there as a kid. And then he owned it for a while. And he only sold it, like, last year, I think. Uh, so it was in our family for, like, 60 years. And I didn't want to buy it, and neither did my brother. I mean, we didn't have money or anything either. So I grew up with a cottage, so I know what it's like. And yeah. I grew up with uh, various cottages, Um we had, well, when I was young, we had the one, the cottage. And, you know, my dad also is a hunter, so we had what he referred sure. to as camps, which is a funny distinction because it still is a, you know, a house in a rural area, remotely located. You know, you got to drive to get there. Um, and, you know, settlements are some distance away. And so when we think about, like, the distinction between cottage and camps, like, Camp like would be waterfront. You know, camp has beds and a wood stove, and a, and a shitty stove, like just the bare essentials to keep you warm and fed. But it, it, it to me, a cottage always had a little bit more furnishing, a little bit more comfort. It might even have a phone or a TV in it. 
Um, but I've had several camps, which are sort of a more, in at least in my family, a male-oriented cottage-type activity. Just, just to jump in. Cottage. I've been yeah. I've been to your grandmother's house, and that strikes me as a cottage. That used to be our, that used to be our cottage. So oh. that was our cottage for the longest time. And then, I mean, the families like my aunts and uncles and my grandparents would go there. My grandfather, before he died when I was young, would often just live there. Um, so, did you like having cottages? Yeah, I mean, as as a young person, it was always a fun getaway because there were fun things to do. As I got into being a teenager, I didn't want to do these things, so I wanted to hang out in the city with my friends and not go to boring old cottage where I do nothing all weekend. Um, but as yeah. I got older too, I appreciate the idea of going out into the, you know, into a remote location and have a relaxing getaway kind of thing. And the cottage overall is a pretty nice thing to have. So, but I grew up with it. That was the question. I've had, I've experienced cottages throughout my life. Audience, did you enjoy having it? Yeah, for sure. Like, I think it was, uh, as a, as a kid, I think there's, uh, Nothing better than being able to be exposed to some natural surroundings and in with the comfort of having a bed to sleep in, you know, and a uh, kitchen to cook food in and all that stuff. And, you know, catching frogs and fish and mucking around in the woods and in the the shore of a lake or river. I think that's awesome. And it was a river that I grew up on and I thought it was great. Um, so, I mean, I enjoyed the experience. I have other things to say about cottages, but I'll leave it at that for now. Well, so you just didn't to- have a cottage. Just before I go into not having cottage, I mean, the question, if you enjoy the experience and why, aside from like, I guess, financial reasons, were you guys ever tempted to like buy the cottage and um, and, and continue the cottaging Hodgins tradition or? Like my or, brother and I? Yeah. Or you and Andrea for that matter. Um. Well, okay. So here's an, Andrea, my wife, also grew up with a cottage that was in her family since like the 50s as well. And her parents just put it for sale like last week. And, uh, yeah, so, so I, I haven't had a cottage for a year, but last year we went to her family's cottage, which was really similar in a lot of ways. It's cottagey, you know? And I was like, Ugh. so we didn't know how long they were going to keep it for, but that's, that's gone. That's going to be gone now too. So now we're out of cottages. I feel like, and this might just be people I know, but I feel like as we grow more connected in terms of telecommunications, I feel like more and more people are disinterested in the idea of having a holiday home. If that makes oh, sense, like really, like I see, I I was going to go the complete opposite direction. Whereas most of the people I know, especially at, at work and stuff, like once they have their house and you know they're they're have a family, uh, start especially if they're living in the city to not have a big commute, they are starting to Jones for a cottage. Like there was this guy uh, who literally just bought a B and B in Wakefield where I grew up. And him and his wife will be running this B&B now. But like his dream for the longest time, he would always tell me was to buy, you know, to buy a cottage. And he was like actively looking and that's like, you know, that's what he wanted. And I guess it it just when you think like, OK, I don't want to commute all the time, so I'm going to live in the city. But I'd really like to get the benefits of the country. I'd like to enjoy the country, especially, you know, during the summer, that sort of thing. Then, then uh, having a place you could live in the country 
uh, just for the for that time seems like seems almost like a dream come true. And you see the opposite too. You see people with these big country homes that own a condo in the city, right? And will stay in the city like just for work, and then on the weekend go to their big country homes and stuff. But I yeah, I know a lot of people that were interested, and some of them even end up buying like a a piece of empty land and an RV or something, and just park. The RV on the on the land because they don't have enough to build the cottage yet. So it seems seems like a popular thing. Yeah. Well, here's where we're gonna we're gonna start getting into because you're probably right. You know a lot as a professional. You know a lot of people who, I guess, do this kind of thing. Here's part to take it more personal on my front. I don't. Okay, I'm 36 years old. I don't have never had a driver's license. I don't drive. So while I've had thoughts in my head like, yeah, having a cottage would be nice. I don't even own a house. Having that would be nice too. And most of all, I don't want to like, <laughs> it's like I've got to do the driving thing before a cottage becomes a, a realistic option for me. So in terms That's of true. my lifestyle, I love going to people's cottages for short periods of time. The thing I don't like about cottages is they don't have, you know, they're usually not connected, and I hate being outside the internet range. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I, I, it just wouldn't make sense for me to have a cottage. I would, would not be able to go. So that's, that's Hodgins, like purely yeah. logistical issue. Sure. Hodgins, what were some of the, you said you wanted to, or I don't want to say bitch, I'm putting words in your mouth here, but you want, you had other thoughts on cottages that were clearly, nipping at your brain well okay so uh i mean when you, if when you ask that question about wanting like i have a definite itch to own a cottage i, I would i would like to own a cottage I, I would like to build a cottage i like i love lake living you know you go out your front door run on jump run off a dock and jump in the water i mean who wouldn't like that now when you think of cottages that's what you think of warm summer days you know bonfires under the stars eating it's marshmallows. Part, it, it's a bit a part of the um the Canadian experience, like when when you watch ads on TV during the summertime, especially during June in the hockey game, it's always like people jumping off docks or sitting on Adirondack chairs on docks or something. Absolutely, and that super appeals to me. I also am a guy uh, who likes I like projects, and I can see like, oh, you have this place, you have a bit more space out there. You know, you build your dock, you build the cottage. Uh, you know, I like all that stuff. But so. And there's still part of me that will occasionally even look at land on the internet and be like, maybe I could buy some land. But there's some there's some major things that don't make sense about owning a cottage. And the main one, and the reason why, like my brother and I decided not, or Andrew and I decided not to try to buy my dad's cottage, because I'm sure he would have given it to me at a better deal, is just because of like other logistics things. Like Bo said, you know, driving there is, a, is something is a logistical thing keeping him from owning the cottage but also it's just the fact that it's like okay you have a whole other property that you're responsible for all year round you got to pay the taxes on it uh you got to upkeep it you got to pay all the bills on it and what do you, what do you go there on the weekend so and, and and if you a lot of people's cottages like my cottage was pretty close it, it, you could drive there in like 45 minutes an hour kind of thing Andrea's cottage that she grew up in is like nine hours away. It's super far. So if you go, you're going for a couple of weeks. And then when you're not there, you know, people could be breaking into it. Like you can't be there to, if something breaks, you're, you have to hire someone to fix it for you. It's just a pain in the ass. And that's kind of what 
when I think about cottages, though I love the idea of cottage living and all that, uh, it just it, it just is kind of a lot of work. And uh, and I think yes, you get stuff out of it, but and the main thing in the end for me is it's like it's kind of it's luxury in an, in an obnoxious sense, right? Like I own two homes. <laughs> like, like that's just nobody needs two homes. And I understand why you want two homes. I'm like, I would, I could want four homes in different countries or something. But it's kind of like you don't need them, right? And and so I think the conclusion that I've come to about cottages more recently is that you can just rent them. So if you want to go and have the cottage experience, you can rent one for a week. And if you add up that cost, what does it cost you to rent? It might be pricey. It might be two grand to rent a nice cottage for for even a week. It could be. But if you compare that over paying taxes, paying hydro all year round, any fixing up upkeep you have to pay, uh, it's just it will cost you more than that. And there might be some worry associated with it, plus time because you might have to go do things on it when otherwise you might just want to stay at home. So I'm kind of like, you know, those are some of my thoughts in a nutshell. I kind of got a bunch of things. Well, there's with the rise of like Airbnb and stuff like that, that is a much more realistic option. Whereas, you know, the whole finding a cottage to rent and all that could be, you know, annoying and frustrating in and of itself. I agree with a lot of your points there. Like I didn't have a cottage uh, when I grew up, but my parents bought a tent trailer with a another family and they so they shared the tent trailer and and we would go camping uh, to to sandbanks and other camp um uh, campgrounds and we would like they would divide it up over the at the beginning of the summer and so it was always getting used but like they split the cost of it and they they split the maintenance of it and that sort of thing and this is a tent trailer for Christ's sake so like I could understand buying a cottage in groups and the guy at my work who was most enthused about the cottage who ended up buying the B&B he was like actively looking for people to jointly purchase a cottage and then like have weekends that you take it and and I, and it's the same with timeshares like i can see the appeal of of these things because they provide you with more flexibility and less responsibility than a cottage but what i will say about your rent over buy option is you're still talking you're still you're still leaning positive about a cottage in general it's just do you own it or do you rent it you know like it's it's you're not saying that like oh you've had an epiphany and cottages are shitty you're just saying you've had an epiphany that it's smarter to rent the cottage than it is to buy it yeah like i think the things as as a whole are like it's you know that description of like summer nights in a campfire and jump in the lake like who would be like those things are that's horrible it's ruining the world um it's probably not um but but i mean i think the traditional cottage was it like yeah like something like maybe your grandparents had or or something like that i think it's you're really right to point out airbnb but not only that just like there's tons of say cottage rental sites that have hundreds if not thousands of cottage rentals on it like this is something that has really sprung up i think since the internet has made it easier to connect with people to rent their cottages and uh and i mean you talked about communal buying of a cottage. That is something that, if I were to consider it again, would be a no-brainer. I would I would never buy a cottage unless it was with a bunch of other people because otherwise it just seems wasteful. But again, when I think of cottages, I think of it as like your family has it or something. And and I will say that like my grandparents made good use of it in the sense that like 
they came from the generation where my grandmother didn't work, right? So she would basically live at the summer, live at the cottage all summer long. And my grandfather would commute in to work or whatever, and he'd spend the weekends up there and then a couple weeks when he had off. So it made sense. She was up there. Uh, the kid, their, their kids, like my dad and his brother, were up there all summer long. That's awesome. But most jobs and the way that most families are structured, both parents are working. You have like two weeks off or – and it might not even work out well with your schedules to make them the same time. You know, it's just like you're going to be spending max a couple weeks there. So to own a whole other second home for like two weeks is just crazy. But I, I do think like I, I'm, you know, looking at this traditional view of it's like it's your second home that you own. I think that renting a cottage is not that much different than than um, you know getting a hotel room someplace, and it's just like it's just like travel. And I. Um, so that's like, in some ways, in my mind, a different conversation than than his cottage is. The um, do you guys think that like, and I was thinking about this the other day when I was at Mike's cottage because the guy next door to Mike's cottage essentially uh, took the same size lot of land and and uh, turned the cottage into like not just a house but like a fairly monsterly sized house, like a big. A big house. Do you think that cottages that are kind of image of cottages, which is sort of, I think, ingrained probably in American consciousness too, but definitely in Canadian consciousness. It's part of like the Canadian dream, if you will. Do you think that those cottages are really like going bye-bye and being replaced really with permanent homes in these locations? Is sort of like, are, is this is this image of a cottage, is this... Uh, you know, uh, Bo was talking about the cabin, like uh, a sort of no frills, utopic, simple place. Does this not exist really anymore, or is it sort of an evaporating commodity to be replaced by like monster homes in Muskoka or whatever? Well, I think uh, you're looking well, at I... different, Go different Go ahead, financial Bob. classes, right? Like, if I think like people who earn different amounts of money have different types of options open to them so i don't think everyone can have a giant monster house in muskoka right um that and, be- I think, but I- and that being said too the camp and cabin thing um oh there was another one actually that from when i was listing it before that was more of a deep in the woods where there were no roads we had like what was a hunting camp for part of the year but was also meant to be a holiday cabin to be in the forest and look at the stars that canadian experience you're talking about um, I don't know, man. I just think people just want to get away. Like, I think they can afford what they can afford. And, you know, at a certain level, some people put so much value on getting away, getting, bringing beer. A lot of people like to bring alcohol and celebration festivity things, whatever it is to their cabins as a way to kick back and relax. And I just, I don't know. It's just. It, my sense is like it's so boring. You're just sitting there <laughs> doing nothing in the forest. Well, it, but people yeah, like I that, think, and I'm not judging. If you like it, you like it. So that's great. Man, I, I like it. I mean, not necessarily the hardcore drinking, though. There's lots of that at cottages. But it's the getting away from being in a cramped city and stuff. But I want to come back to Crofton's question about the like. I mean, I think that I think that you're you're right that that the kind of sort of no frills e cottages, which are quite rustic is the word i guess you use with like kitschy crap on the walls and kind of like paper thin walls 
and just everything's a little bit rough, but it's, it's cozy but rough, you know. Uh, I think those things are on the way out, and I think they are for a couple of reasons. I think one of them is just people have this standard and this idea, like you're describing, you know, there's this thing, it's, you see these awesome, like, log homes, this giant fire hearth and a beautiful kitchen, and you're like, that's not really a cottage, in, in, in my view. It's like, a, it's like a, a mansion in the country or something. But I think so, aside from the fact that just people expect more, um, that, that I think that also that if you're going to buy a cottage, like, you have to be pretty well off. Like, if you're, if you're going to buy a house, you have to be pretty well off. So then, and the, the, the price of real estate has gone up dramatically in, um, in relation to, to wages, right? So just to get a house these days requires generally two pretty decent salaries. In, in, a, in a city like Ottawa, which is not a cheap city, but not a super pricey city compared to some in Canada. So just to get a house is a lot of money. So then to buy a whole second house, which and a lot of these cottages, they're also going up dramatically in price compared to... You know, what matters what it bought them. So really, it's like if you're going to buy a cottage, you're probably rich, pretty well off. So it's like you're going to have money to be like, yeah, well, let's knock it down and put up a new one because it'll be more comfortable. So I think that those are two reasons why the old rustic cottage is going away because it's just mostly rich people who can afford them. And that everyone kind of like, well, it's a bit I don't like this rough cottage. I, let's make it nice. Kind of I, th- I think hipsters are really like in the era of hipsters, they're really into it. I guess that. The, the age of most hipsters make it that they don't have the money to afford to buy one. But I, I, I know like my hipster friend Breck, when he went to your cottage, was like, oh, this is awesome or whatever. Uh, so because because <laughs> it was so rustic, you know. So I do think there is an, an appeal to some people. But I, I agree with the points you're making. I feel that they're in – especially in the populated areas, they're in the way – on the way out. Like you're going to have to go further and further to find uh, to find these cottages. Just to touch on, on Bo's point, Bo, I, I do think cottages end up being like – anything you really want to make them. I understand the need to, uh, of wanting – like you're – personal need escapism for you may involve staying connected and i think that you can have that still in in a cottage but i think you touched on it when you said people just want to get away they want to get uh maybe out of the uh out of the city especially if especially if they have a condo or or have limited space maybe um like we live in a in a fairly spread out city but in cities like um, toronto uh even the wealthiest people people who could afford to own a cottage would own maybe a very small sized piece of land in the city and feel kind of tight and confined and so I mean they're able to go out and do the things that they may want to do be it anything from surf a wave to surf the net but do it sort of like in in a sort of picturesque type uh, landscape. I, I struggle to find much in the way of negatives to say about a cottage and Mike is right I, I grew up in Wakefield, uh, on the water, um, and it it is cottage esque. So I never had that desire necessarily to uh, to to get away. I had a similar desire to bow at one point as a teenager to be in the city where the where the action was. But but for the most part, I, I really liked the the sort of uh, uh, cottage esque appeal of, of Wakefield. But if I didn't have that, if I lived sort of like where I do now, which is a nice part of town, I feel like I would I would get antsy. And right, right now, like I can go to my mom's place in Wakefield and I can still enjoy that cottage experience. But if I did not have that, 
I I know that I would be looking to find some sort of replacement to, uh, some sort of replacement for it. So it's tough for me to think of a, a big negative about cottages. Well, I have one more. I mean, you raised a good point earlier that I know that I want to come back to, which was uh, camping. And uh, we we did a whole podcast on camping. I'm a camping enthusiast, though I, though my 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 toddler son is not. So there's been no camping for anyone. Um, <laughs> but but basically, I like camping. So uh, so if I have like you know two weeks off in a, in a summertime or something like that, I might want to spend the entire two week camping. And my wife likes camping too. So if you were to have a cottage and then you also wanted to go camping because. In my view, they're like they're like degree increments, right? So it's like you have your nice right. place in the city or whatever. Then you have yeah. a rustic cottage, and then you have camping, which you're like in the woods, you know, making a campsite. So I feel like if the aim is to get away from the city, camping does that more fully. Like if that's what your aim is, you're like, you don't want to leave this all behind, be connected, and and that won't appeal to everyone. Like like Bo said, you know, he's not into that, but I'm into that for periods of time. So it'd be like if I had a cottage, you know. It's like it's like half-assed camping in a way, uh, where you're like, oh, I still want to watch TV on, because we had one at my cottage growing up. I'd watch cartoons Saturday morning and then go out and catch frogs or whatever <laughs> today. <laughs> uh, but like, if I had to choose, I'd be like, I'd probably choose the camping because first of all, it doesn't cost hardly anything, and uh, doesn't you know. Whereas the cottage, it's like like I said before, you know, it's just tons of upkeep and maintenance. But to raise one other like negative thing about them. Um, because when, again, when you just think about the idea of them, they just sound positive and they're really like, you know, it's a very, um, romantic idea in, in Canada, especially anything in the States too. But, uh, the fact that maybe it, that it's just, uh, wasteful, you know, if you think about the fact that people spend, if you, uh, if you were to add up how much money people spent on cottages, which, which is a second dwelling unit and in a, in a, in a lot of cases, uh, could be a four season house. The amount of money people have spent on having two homes, like two homes, and one which they hardly in, it's ridiculous. You know, you have people that are homeless. Uh, we have, and you have affording affordable housing. Uh, what some people say, crisis in a lot of our major cities. Uh, but yeah, you have a lot of other people that be like, Meh, I want two houses, <laughs> two, one not enough. And and I know some people that have basically three cottages. I mean, they might be jointly owned, but they have like multiple cottages. <laughs> cottages with people and you're just like it's just excessive you know and 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 though i i love the idea of you know being on the lake and all that stuff yeah i just feel like to have it yourself is just, just like is it, it's almost like gluttony it's just like luxury uh you know it's just like the the playground of like kind of wealthy people <clears throat> and, and i grew up with one but and i realized it was a major privilege but uh, and uh, and i don't take it for granted but i also realize a lot of people you know their parents didn't own their own homes. They had to rent and that, and they didn't get to go to cottages. So I don't know. It's a bit obnoxious in some ways, the cottage. But to play against that, uh, against that point, like that, that's if you are a family with a cottage, like, and, and you're not buying that cottage as a group or you're not renting that cottage. Uh, that's, that's again, a set situation of somebody who owns a house and also owns a cottage. And like, uh, these cottages, they they are people don't live in them year round for a, a main reason. It's not just the winterization; many of them could be winterized or have been. But it it ha- it 
generally has to do with the fact that they are far away from civilization or or far enough that it's an inconvenience. And so, I mean, it's not like you could take all the homeless people and stick them in cottages uh, because they would be uh, far away from where they could get jobs or food or whatever. Like, I agree with what you're saying in, in the sense that it's definitely a, a, a marker of privilege, of privilege um, but but – I mean, it, just the existence of cottages, like there's ways to, I guess, use them efficiently. And with the advent of things like Airbnb, Airbnb, people are using them more efficiently. So when they're not staying in the cottage themselves, you know, they're renting it out and whatever. So, I mean, they're making money off it. It becomes like a business thing. And depending on how you look at that, but like, I don't see it in the same way that I used to, I would, I would used to agree with you when, when I think about like my aunts and uncles and growing up, like everybody had their own cottage or was trying to get their own cottage. And I'm like, why don't you share? It feels like our generation, maybe I'm wrong to, to make it a genera, genera, uh, generational thing, but it feels like we're much more, um, let's buy it as a group and each take a week, you know? I don't I know. I think that is the, the better way to, to to do it, and I just want to clarify: I wasn't suggesting that homeless people should go live in cottages. It was just more like, if you look at all the resources that go into building a house, you know, everything from copper pipes to lumber to finishings, and just being that, like, well, I'm a person and I have money now. I need two of those things. It's just like, it's just like, it's luxury. It's just like it's it's, it's excessive that it exists. I mean, I think your point about the Airbnb. And just rentals in general is one that I really agree with in that I think probably more people have access to the cottage, quote unquote, cottage experience now because people are renting out their cottages because taxes are going up and upkeep is costing more, making them into small businesses. I mean, honestly, they're still quite, most of them are still quite expensive even to just rent. So it's not accessible to everyone, but I think it's more accessible than buying a cottage, um, I mean, it is a bit of a stretch to really try to find the bad things about uh, cottages other than they're, you know, for people with money. Yeah, like it's, I mean, they're structures, we build them, they're great. Assuming the financial aspect is not something that's of concern to you and we're not really looking at this, you know, we're not really looking at this like... uh, there's a big problem with the way capitalism works because we all have cottages or some, or the have-nots don't have cottages. Um, just the, them alone, cottages are, are, for the most part, I think, pretty... Um, you know, you go on holiday, so you could go Sounds on like holiday. Yeah, I think we're getting pretty close to verdicts. You can go on holiday, um, you know, at a, at a resort, and we all know how we feel about resorts here because one of our first shows is on all-inclusive resorts or you can manage your own holiday in the canadian wilderness at a place that you own um so there's something to be said actually where this is a lot less even though it's more expensive it's it's a lot less consumerism like in a way like you know you're like i'm managing my own vacation and it's in this sweet spot in this country i live and um so yeah i just I think the whole cottage issue, though, is, is there's some sense to what Croft is saying about this generational thing. Whereas I think, I think the world, because of the connectivity, is a little more self-centered, and we are a little more attracted to urban areas. And, and this goes on sort of in other aspects, you know, where it's harder harder to, in our country to find people wanting to do like blue collar work, for example. Like, there's a sh- I don't know if there's a shortage, but like. 
a lot of us want to go work in offices and in clean areas. And I think that a lot of us are not as interested in some of the, you know, I don't see a lot of people who really are into like not that many that are into the things that my dad used to talk about being into, which is like cars and, and, and going to like, I don't know, bars and shit. Like it's, it's just, there's a lot, it's a lot different now. I mean, it's still out what's there. That, what does it have to do with cottages? Well, cottages bars, are part, bars co- and driving Cause, cars. cause my conception of it is cottages turn into that as you get older, you know, it's like, Oh, I got the sweet cottage. You going out to your cottage. Yeah, Bill, I'm going out to my cottage. My cottage is on a lake. Oh, it's nice. You've got a cottage on the lake. Like, it's just, it's a generational thing, I think. And maybe a long generational thing here in Canada, but I don't, I don't hear about it all that much. But that's only my own experience of it. I think I'm ready for verdicts here. One last thing, but this is like nostalgic again. But like my 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 grandparents got their cottage. They used to take the train to it, which I think is so cool. And from a totally like bygone era that you'd because at this point where their cottages they've torn up their train tracks have long been torn up and taken away. And I'm like, that's kind of a neat idea that people hop on the train and they get off at all these random stops along the river and go to their cottage for a couple of weeks and then take the train back. But, yeah, I mean, now you do need a car. Yeah, you it's know, a second home. Right it's a country home. Anyways, yeah, verdicts. Yeah. All right, let's uh, bring in the animals. You good, you good Crofton? Yep. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go first just to keep, just to, I don't know. I'm going first just because I'm... Keep your momentum going. Yeah, my momentum going. Um, your bow-mentum. I, I have a lo- I Generally, I like cottages because, you know, like I said, in my adult life, I don't own one, but I do get invited to them on every on occasion. And I'm usually really stoked because it's not something I experience very frequently anymore, but I have fond memories as a youngster always being at cottages. And, um, so it is nice, like the whole bonfire aspect, cause I know it's not quite camping, but you know, you generally tend to have fire, or at least you sit on a porch, look at stars. It's nice to be where there's no city light so you can see the night sky. That's great. Um, also oftentimes there's swimming or there's just cool nature stuff. So it's nice to experience those things. Um, that being said, I can't find a reason to have much more of an opinion about cottages other than is it too expensive for me or not? And do people who have money should actually, you know, spend it on this? I think everybody should have a, a, a holiday home. I think this is something that's overall probably a good thing. And maybe it shouldn't be so cost prohibitive or such a pain in the butt to have them. So, you know, if you are doing that kind of timeshare deal or sharing your space with the people, then that's cool. Um, so overall, I think I've got to say, you know, Cottages are good. I can't find a reason to pick at it. I've got good feelings uh, associated with it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Cottage is great. And, you know, I wish I had one in my life right now. But I don't want to, I don't wish to have to do any responsibilities associated with it. <laughs> like, you know, all that stuff Mike was talking be. about. All that stuff sounds horrible. Yeah. All right, Mike, as the host, you should go second. I'm not the host, but... Um, oh, Bo's the host. I'll go second. Um, 
Yeah, I was gonna. I was just gonna say that uh, it's funny because when I was first of all surprised that Bo said good. I don't know. I I had my spider sense was tingling. He's gonna go rogue. It didn't. It didn't have to do with the hive mind somehow. Yeah. Um, I think when I mentioned that he could get internet in the cottage, he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I could. Oh, well, good then. Um, but uh, Is there a room in the well, cottage where you could close the curtains and it'd be dark? <laughs> that's then I would sit in it with the computer and be happy. It'd be like I'm at home. Um so for for me the the I you know I also have positive feelings about cottages. Um I rented a cottage a couple of summers back uh with my wife and we had a you know we had a really good time. And it's funny it was the first like you know you only have a finite amount of vacation and there's different things you can do with your vacation. There's like staycations where you just stay at home, do whatever. There's travel. Uh, and then, uh, and then during the summer in Canada, Mike made the good distinction between camping and uh, in cottaging, and it's not something I thought about too heavily, honestly, because of the nature of my house when I'm growing up. I camped, like, and yeah, it would be either I'd be in a tent or the tent trailer, so it wasn't exactly hardcore camping or canoe camping. It was like we went to sandbanks and campgrounds and stuff like that. Uh, but but that was that was the option chosen by my family, and if any of you recall my verdict on camping uh, or our discussion on camping on this show, I decided as an adult that I don't like the uh, discomforts associated with camping, especially on my vacation, uh, and and but I do like all, you know a lot of the peripheral stuff the. Like Bo mentioned, the campfires, the uh, the swimming that's that's big, you know, just you know being outdoors and 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 uh, and that. But then ha- having a comfy bed and like, oh, it's raining, let's go inside and like watch a movie on the VCR uh, or something like that. That that uh, that appeals to me as well. So because of that, I feel like maybe it's an age thing, but I'm I'm like entering what I guess would be maximum cottage time. Where, where like a, an adult with a young kid and I'm just thinking, wow, cott- cottages seem more appealing to me now than they ever have at any other point in my life. And so because of that, despite giving both Bo and Mike their their points, both of which made sense to me, I'm going to have to say cottages are good. Nice. Spoke, brought to you by Middle Age Magazine. <laughs> Middle aged guy with money. <laughs> Middle aged guy with money weekly. Weekly. <laughs> no, it should be middle aged white guy with money. I'm like that'll be popular. <laughs> Isn't that an Which I guess I have too. Not that I have that much money, but I mean I'm not hurting. I guess. Uh, I found this one a bit weird in my in my head to to come up with a verdict with with like I know what I'm going to say and it's almost sort of obvious but like i'm kind of tearing at myself and trying to convince myself to give it a different uh verdict so i'll just kind of go through my my thought process uh, when i think of like a sort of a rich person owning a super fancy luxurious cottage on like a million dollar property in the muskokas and it's like granite countertops and you know three thousand square feet and they just use it for their personal use and go up you know a couple weekends a year and they just remains vacant the rest of the time i'm like that's bad that is bad i feel like that is wasteful it is gluttonous it is excessive i don't like it i understand that they get a great deal of pleasure from it but i think that is is just i don't i don't think i think that's bad but that does not capture 
cottage as a whole. Um, I, I also think that in if you're looking to get away from uh, 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 from the city, that you should just go camping. Uh, and that and that and that you know that's the real experience of the opposite of the city. That you, I love camping, you experience nature. So it makes me want to say cottages are bullshit because they're just half-assed camping. They're like, I want to go experience nature, but I'm I don't like any kind of discomfort, Crofton style. I just don't want to feel that, and that's very fair. But so th- so my I've been I wanted to pull myself in both those directions. But I'm super biased on this one. I grew up with a cottage. I have this itch to go to a cottage. I like cottage living. Um, I think that there are so many better ways that is happening nowadays, like people buying communally and the cottage is well used uh, and or people renting out the cottages so that other people that don't have the capital to buy one can at least go and get the cottage experience. I think that that thing is on the rise and I think it's good for anyone to get out of a city and, you know, see the stars, which you can in most cottage communities and jump in a lake and great it's great for kids so yeah i I, i'm landing on good and i'm acknowledging that i'm very biased and i'm a rich white privileged dude (laughs) and that was the most like apologetic good well i really thought though it was like there's part of me that like man there's a lot of things that are like specific examples of like these are bad and other ones were like this is bullshit but you Whatever. can buy a, you should buy a cottage and, and, and let homeless people use it as a food kitchen during the rest of the year. feel good. Well, if you'd like to let us use your cottage as a food kitchen, why don't you let us know by writing us an email? What the hell's a food kitchen? You know, for a homeless shelter where you go and get food. Oh, soup, soup kitchen. kitchen. Yeah. We were off by one noun. Not me. I I don't like soup. I wanted more diverse food. Okay. When you're homeless, you don't get to really choose all that much. You eat what they give you. Uh, I'll I'll, uh, defer to the expert. All right. Well, if you're an expert and you want to be deferred to, then write to us for the second time. I'm trying to segue. Goodbadbull at gmail.com. Send us your emails and we'll discuss them on the show. That's what we want. First time listening to the show? Don't know where you can find us on the internet? You can find us at goodbadbull.com. There you can find links to subscribe to us on iTunes and the Stitcher. And also just an RSS reader for your whatever it is you use to listen to podcasts. Who knows? I don't know what you do. Also, um, you can follow us on Twitter at GoodBadBull. You can like us on Facebook. Link on the thing. We got a Reddit. We got a subreddit going. I have no idea what's going on there because I didn't check it for a little while. But go there and post. Start a discussion if you are a Redditor. We will be there. And um, uh, yeah, I think that about covers it for the show Goblity Gook. Um, but we are people that you can also follow on Twitter, and we do other things. And so. Uh, Crofton, if our listeners want to find out more about what you're up to, where can they find you? They can find me cottaging on Twitter at Crofton Steers. <laughs> Man, you're tired. <laughs> that was way below the Crofton standard of, of humor excellence. I won't I won't deny it. Yeah, but you know, also all very accurate information, so you get tens <laughs> on accuracy. <laughs> and Mike, where can our listeners find you? Um 
Uh, I never used the Tweety Twitter thing, but it's at ML Hodgins. And did you guys hear that Twitter's like about to go defunct or something? No. I, he- I heard it was in, in finance. I heard there was financial issues or something. Well, they always say that it, it, it's never been monetized. Like they don't, they still don't know how to make money off it. So it's kind of like, anyways, we'll soon have to stop doing this bit of the show. <laughs> well, something. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be so sad. Something other than Twitter will come up. It'll be called like. Facebook. Lasher, but it'll become talkytype. <laughs> okay, whatever. I'm not an it. IT baron. I can't come up with these names like Tumblr and Grinder, and uh, I don't know Ashley Madison. Other How clever people come Bieber up with them. Stay famous. What's that? How will Justin Bieber stay famous? He'll have to start singing. Um, you know what? Maybe MySpace. That's the opportunity MySpace needs to make a resurgence. <laughs> MySpace, baby. Anybody out there been to MySpace lately? God, it looks shitty. Anyways, and Tom, if you're listening, sorry. But, you know, I'm keeping it real over here. Uh, okay, and you can find me at Bo Schwartz. All right, dudes. First of all, listeners, thank you for listening to the show. It's so awesome that you're here. We are, like, really grinding out the episodes so no, go we're back. Not. We've been lax of late, man. No, no, no. Well, listen, I started a work contract this week, so I've been a little behind on my activities, but we're going to get the next one out as soon as possible. Um, we're not going anywhere. But um, this is... Uh, it's not awesome. like Twitter. <laughs> so we, have, we face the same problem. No monetization happening here. We also don't have any users. Yeah, we have listeners. Twitter. We have listeners. And if you want to become our patron, we have a page for that. You can go to patreon.com and monetize us for a dollar a month. <laughs> it's there. The link's uh, patreon.com slash goodbedball. You'll then find it. Then we can it. buy a cottage and rent it out to your listeners. Oh, a listener cottage, man. That and then we'll have bad. one of those. We'll have a show where we'll be like, okay, look, whoever rented the cottage last weekend and put shit all over the toilet. <laughs> You are not invited back. You know it was you, Al. <laughs> the wall? Come on, grow up. <laughs> that would be too bad. That wouldn't work. That'd be a great way to support the show is by renting cottage. Would you want a cottage? Yeah, we just need to raise two hundred thousand dollars to buy a cottage, and then so we're a long way. I am not a good businessman. That's true. I just need two hundred thousand dollars, and we'll get the cottage. This plan will work. How could it fail? No one's ever thought of it before. Make a podcast, rent out a cottage instead to support the show. Somebody trashed our cottage and it's either Al, Bo's mom, Tracy, or that circumcision guy. Circumcision guy. <laughs> Speaking of which, there are freaking penis clippings all over the floor. Who did oh. that? Clippings? Oh, okay. All right, this show is... I'm assuming we faded out because that was the... <laughs> One of our worst endings. I think I might fade it out on penis clippings. Oh, God. Mike going, penis clippings? Why does it always have to go in the toilet? It's not the toilet. It's the it circumcision guy. It was the circumcision guy. Because yeah, he's he circumcising. Because he's the circumcision guy. As I, would also, penis I would also point out, Mike, you were the one with the shit on the walls. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't toilet humor. Busted. I know, that was definitely toilet humor. That was rental humor. <laughs> that was potty humor. No, it was, it was rental humor. The Look, people own rental properties. Someone will put shit on something. <laughs>
fun. Also, I worked as a janitor in high school, and there was often like shit. Yeah. Shit on things. Fucking those tampon bags stank. Are you a fan of the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast? Consider supporting the show by becoming one of our valued patrons at patreon.com. For as little as the cost of one cup of coffee a month, your generous support will help keep the random topic generator oiled and fueled for future generations. Find out more at patreon.com slash goodbadbull.